0: Has anybody had a recalibration this morning? (laughs) Did anybody recalibrate? It's like, man, uh, yeah, that was a a powerful time. Uh, It's like I'm still somewhat speechless up here. We're going to turn to a little bit of shock. We're going to go, I'm going to do a, a very much condensed version, see if I can do this like in 20, 25 minutes. Um. So the first place we're going to go is Revelation. We're going to go to the, to the end of the book, and then we're going to go to the front of the book, and then we're going to come back to the middle of the Bible. So Revelation 3, somewhere close to verse 16. Now this is not something that applies to us, but it could. It could apply to some. Starting with the 15th verse, Revelation three fifteen. This is all in red letters, so this is coming directly from the mouth of God via angels, but it's in red. I know your works, that you are neither cold nor hot. I could wish you were cold or hot. I wish you were one or the other. But then, or so then, in verse 16, because you are lukewarm... Neither cold nor hot. I will spew you out of my mouth. I went to the Greek to, to check that spew. What, what exactly does that mean? It's only used one time. It means vomit. I will puke you out of my mouth. You make me sick. Like, oh. Oh. And verse 17, we're going to read down to probably down to 22. Because you say, I'm rich, I have become wealthy, I have need of nothing, and I do not know, or do you not know that you are wretched, miserable, poor, blind, and naked? I counsel you to buy from me gold refined in the fire, that you may be rich, and white garments that you may be clothed, that the shame of your nakedness may not be revealed. And anoint your eyes with eye salve that you may see. As many as I love, I rebuke and chasten. Therefore be zealous and repent. Behold, uh, this is, uh, yeah, I have that one outlined all the way around and underlined. As many as I love, I rebuke and chasten. It's like I straighten you out, I let you know what the problem is and I might punish you just a little bit. Therefore be zealous. What does zealous mean? Be excited, be passionate, get busy, do it, do it, do it, and repent. Joyful repentance. You've shown me, you've told me, you've corrected me. I'm going to turn from it. I'm going to joyfully repent. And then verse 20, it says, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door... It's like, oh my goodness, did we have people that heard the voice and opened the door this morning. Everybody say, with me, I opened the door. Did you feel him come in? Amen. Amen. I will come into him and dine with him and he with me. It's like we had a feast together this morning. To him who overcomes, I will grant to sit with me on my throne As I also overcame and sat down with my Father on his throne, he who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. Oh, What's he saying? He's not very excited about lukewarm. You know what I titled last week's message? I don't know if anybody remembers. Casualties of Casual Christianity. So, what would one of the casualties be? Blah! That's just how God feels about casual Christians. Blah! It's like, ah, okay. Thought I thought we needed to, we needed to hear that. We needed to see that. It is in the Scripture right there. How God feels. One of the casualties of casual Christianity. Now, we need to get to know Him. We need to get to know Him. I'm gonna we're gonna flip to. The very front of the Bible now. We're going to Genesis. You know what God created man for? He created again. To walk in the garden in the cool of the day with him. That's part of it. You know, I even studied that cool of the day. When do you think the cool of the day is? How many think it's evening? Well, hardly anybody thinks it's evening that's the only thing I've ever heard preached is in the cool of the evening it's like but when I was processing, when I was thinking about this it's like when I've had meetings with my guys that, that, you know, that are going to be going to work it's always been early in the morning you know the very coolest time of the day of a 24 hour day is right at, just before at or during sunrise in the morning so that's the cool of the day to me and that's the perfect meeting time. When God ends up speaking to me the most, about the only time that he can really keep my attention well is early, early in the morning before I start thinking about a gazillion other things. Shiny objects, squirrels, and, you know, all, all of those things. He can get my undivided attention early in the morning, and I believe that 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 cool is early in the morning. That's my meeting time. That's where I get to hear. In fact, a lot of what I well here is like waking up in bed. It's like waking up to heaven, waking up to him, basically. It's like where I, I am waking up and listening. I don't I don't necessarily have to go into my, my prayer closet. I can be laying right there in bed communicating with him, listening, because it's sometimes it's way too early to get up anyway. So intimacy, getting to know him, what he did create us for that intimacy, but you know what it says in, uh, we will go to 2.15, Genesis 2.15, 2.18, and 2.19. It says he, he created Adam to be in his likeness, to end up being somebody to visit with, to hang out with, somebody that would you know, worship him and, and they would commune and all, but to tend to the garden. He was created to do. Everybody with me? Not just created to, for, you know, to be worshiping him, worshiping him at the feet of God, and, and, and to communicate and have that kind of intimacy, but also to do, to tend to the garden, to name every one of the animals, to have dominion and authority over all things on this earth. And that's what we were created for. Adam was created for that purpose. To do what God called him to do. So, I I mean, I would not really thought of it that way too much before. It's like, I thought that man was created for worship. To worship God. But it was to accomplish what God wants done as well. Everybody with me? This makes sense. All right. Okay, Uh, and you'll see that in 2.15, 2.18, 2.19, but I felt like, you know, another confirmation to that in 2.18, it says, but he saw no compatible, no comparable, uh, even helper or helpmate, so he created for him a helper, a wife, somebody to be intimate with, but also to be a helper to accomplish what he wanted accomplished. Everybody still with me? Yes. So he created man and woman to do to accomplish what he wanted done. When we look at in John 15:14, Jesus talks about, "No longer are you slaves and servants; you have become my friends. You are my friends when you do what I command you to do. So you want to be a friend of Jesus? Then we want to be intimate with him. We want to really get to know him. And then we want to do whatever he asks us to do. So it is not just to lay at the feet of Jesus, to hug on his feet and wipe his you know, feet with the tears of our, of our hair and to pour this stuff at his feet. That's awesome as we get to love on him and get to know him. Then he wants us to do, do, to accomplish. He has a mission for us and he wants us to do. Okay, that, that's the Genesis part, that that's what man was created for, to tend the garden. A big part of. And then it says, be fruitful, multiply. Be fruitful and multiply. So, as we continue to fast forward here just a little bit, we're going to move now into Mark, the fourth chapter of Mark. Mark 4, and we'll start with... In fact, in Mark 4, we're going to start with verse... we are start with verse 1. Jesus began teaching by the sea, and a great multitude was gathered to him so that he got into a boat, sat in it on the sea, and the whole multitude was on the land facing the sea. Then he taught them many things by parables, and he said to them in his teaching... Listen, behold, a sower went out to sow. And it happened as he sowed that some seed fell on the wayside, and the birds of the air came and devoured it. Some fell on stony ground where it did not have much earth, and immediately sprang up because it had no depth of earth. But when the sun was up, it was scorched, and because it had no root, it withered away. Some seed fell among thorns, and the thorns grew up and choked it, and it yielded no crop. But other seed fell on the good ground and yielded a crop that sprang up, increased and produced some 30-fold, some 60, and some a 100. And he said to them, He who has ears to hear, let him hear. What do he say in Revelation? He who has ears to hear, let him hear. But when he was alone those around him with the twelve asked him about the parable and he said to him to you it's been given to know the mystery of the kingdom of God but to those who are outside all these I mean all things come in parables so that seeing they may see and not perceive and hearing they may hear and not understand lest they should turn and their sins be forgiven them So I'm sure the disciples were somewhat stumped at this when they said to him, uh, he said to them, do you not understand this parable? How then will you understand all the parables? The sower sows the word. The sower sows the word. We are up there. Yes, we are. And these are the ones by the wayside where the word is sown. And when they hear... Satan comes immediately and takes away the word that was sown in their hearts. So what's happened? It immediately was stolen away. These likewise are the ones sown in stony ground who when they hear the word immediately receive it with gladness. It's like, oh yes, that word of God resonates. I I understand. I'm excited about that. Um, But they have no root in themselves and so endure only for a time. Afterward, when tribulation or persecution arises for the Word's sake, it's like there is a tribulation and a persecution that comes because of the Word that we have received. Everybody relate to that? There's been a time when because of the Word that you received, there was persecution. There was tribulation. Your family might have started to even make fun of you or come against you. Uh, because you have received that word. And because of that, they will immediately stumble. They didn't have enough root. They didn't have enough of a support group, maybe even. But, but, but no deep roots, so they stumbled. So now these are the ones sown among thorns. They're the ones who hear the word. The cares of the world, the deceitfulness of riches and desires for other things... Enter in choke the word and it becomes unfruitful this is one of the uh, one of the times things that i that i relate back to where i say anything that you have to check with to get permission before you say yes to god is an idol in your life and this is what we're talking about here it's the things that come between you and god I mean, the word Matthew, I think 633 says, Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Then the other stuff that you need will be added to you. Don't let that come between you and his righteousness. Everybody still with me? These are the ones sown on good ground. Those who hear the word, accept it, and bear fruit. What are we called to do? Be fruitful and multiply. Be fruitful, bear fruit. Some 30-fold, some sixty, and some a hundred. So I, I I have scriptures that I would have liked to have gone to right now. One being like the 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 man that had, you know, all of the demons that they that they came and and when they when Jesus cast the demons out, they ran into the pigs. The pigs ran into the ran into the sea, and all he wanted to do was then just be with Jesus, just hang with Jesus. Let me go with you. Let me go with you. And he goes, no, you go to the ten cities of the people that are familiar with you and know you, and you go share your testimony. And by going and sharing that testimony, the fruit that was undoubtedly, the incredible fruit was produced through him, That's fruit. That's 30. That's 60. That's 100. When he can go around, share his testimony of what the Lord had done for him, and the people saw the difference, and many, many, many of them were saved. And that's what we're all called to do. Be fruitful and multiply. Share what the Lord has done. Something that I really wish we had time for, and I had almost envisioned this in my mind, to grab about 10 people. It's like indiscriminately saying, share for me like 30 seconds. Give me your elevator testimony. 30 seconds, what Jesus has done in your life that's changed your life, that's going to attract me to him. Who would have been the first one to volunteer if I would have done that? Holy smoke, they're all over the place. We're gonna do that, just not today. <laughs> and he said to him to them, Is a lamp brought to be under a basket or under a bed? Is it not to be set on a lampstand? For there's nothing hidden which will not be revealed, nor has anything been kept secret but that it should come to light. If anyone has ears to hear, let him hear. And then he said to them, "Take what you hear. Everybody turn to your neighbor and say, "Take what you hear." Okay. Now, take it with the same measure you because with the same measure that you use <laughs> the value that you put on it and what you do with it will be measured to you. Oh. Is that not significant right there? Somebody should say amen. It will be measured to you and to you who hear more will be given. You want more? We want more than we take what we've heard, we process it, we believe it, we act on it, and then more will be given. You know the parable of the talents where one that he's given, you know, one or two, and then, then one of them is five, and one of them has ten, and the one that only had one, he said, well, I, I knew, I, I took and I went and I, and I hid it out of fear... And then the one with ten doubled. You know, he doubled. So there was some multiplication right there. So he took the one back from the one who had one, gave it to the one who had ten. What does that say to us? It says yes. (laughs) It says that we need to be obedient with what we hear. See, man does not... Another scripture. Man does not... Matthew... Yeah, probably handed it up there. But uh, Man does not live by bread alone, but every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Man does not live by bread alone, but every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Man, I was looking through uh, the, the Gospels this morning, and out of the 182 pages that are in the Gospels, I think I only found about 12 of them that didn't have some red letters on the page. So you want to end up knowing what, what, what's coming out, what has come from the mouth of God. First and foremost, we can study his word. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, there's so much red letters through there. We hear the word. And when we end up getting a word of our own, a, a prophetic word or something that he shows us, we need to be able to go to the Bible and find it in the Bible to confirm that it lines up with Scripture. Everybody's still with me. Okay. The word of God, every... (laughs) We don't live by bread, but every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Now, is God still speaking? And does he not use the prophetic voices of his people? Absolutely. So when those words that we receive, someone shares a prophetic word with us, which, man, that was amazing too. We got prophetic words while we were at this conference as well, some amazing words, Uh, that that when we get those words, there's one of three things. This is a quick teaching moment that we do. We teach in in Valley School of Supernatural Ministry. You do one of two things, one of three things. You hear that word and go, whoa, that's not for me, and you flush it. (sniffs) Flush it, shelf it, or lean into it. It's like, that's for me right now. Some things are for tomorrow or for next year or for 20 years down the road. Some things are for right now, and we will lean into those words. It's like, yes, I receive it. It lines up with with my spirit, and it lines up with the word of God. It's like, that's for me. (laughs) What all do we cut out here? So he's called us, given us dominion to subdue, given authority. It talks in Genesis about having authority over everything. We handed that authority over, Adam handed that authority over to the devil. But Jesus came and won that authority back for us. And the only way that we get rid of, that we give up that authority now is when we listen to or partner with the words of the enemy and we can hand that authority right back over again to the enemy. Listening to truth, words of truth, is so incredibly important. Okay, in fast forwarding, did you get enough out of that part? Something significant? something to hang on to that when we get a word we need to learn lean into that word it's like behold here comes the word listen to the word process the word when we get an understanding for that word we're hungry for another word and another word and another word the word of god okay we are now going to 2nd kings 4th chapter verses 1 through 7 Okay, this is Elisha, chapter 4, verse 1, A certain woman of the wives of the sons of the prophets. So she's a wife of a son of the prophet, cried out to Elisha, saying, Your servant, my husband, is dead. You know that your servant feared the Lord, and the creditor is coming to take my two sons to be his slaves. So Elisha said to her, what do you want me to do? What shall I do for you? Tell me, what do you have in your house? It's like, all right. Are we supposed to do something? It's like, what do you want me to do for you? What can I do for you? He said, well, my husband's dead and and all this, and I don't know what to do. That's why I'm contacting you, man of God, for you to tell me what to do. And he said, what do you have in your house? So what did he say to Moses? He's like, what do you have in your hand, Moses? What do you have in your hand? It's like, what do you have in your house? Well, she said, your maidservant has nothing in the house but a jar of oil. Oh. Somebody tell me what oil represents. Oh, I like it. It definitely represents Holy Spirit. It represents something royal. It represents holiness. It's like the anointing that was poured over their heads when they were anointed to be kings, anoint oil, something very significant, very special, and representing when we think about Old Testament, casting shadows into New Testament. This is powerful stuff right here. So bear with me for probably five more minutes. Probably five more, possibly ten more. How's that? So then he said, Okay, you have a jar of oil. Then go borrow vessels from everywhere. From all your neighbors. neighbors, Empty vessels. Do not gather just a few. Be fruitful. Multiply here. we Go get as many as you possibly can. And, he starts getting specific here. When you have come in, you shall shut the door behind you and your sons. It's like, hmm. You know, I, I was talking about, you know, I get to hear from the Lord. I get to greet him so often. Sometimes it's 3 o'clock, 2.30, 3 o'clock, 3.30 in the morning where I'll just be laying in bed and I don't just jump up. Sometimes I do, but I, I don't just jump up. I'll be listening and communicating right from my bed. Um, yeah, scratch what I almost said. Don't even think about it anymore. Um, yeah, because you wouldn't believe me if I told you my wife snores anyway, so uh, When you have gone into see, I was probably kidding. When you have gone into your room into your secret place where you're going to end up meeting with God for his miracles or for whatever he has for you. You will shut the door behind you. It'll just be you and your sons. Okay? Then, are you tracking with me so far? Then, pour it into all these vessels then set aside the full ones so she went from him from the man of God shut the door behind her as he had said and her sons who brought the vessels to her and she poured it out this one jar of oil this, this, this one vessel of the Holy Spirit then we'll call it good with that Now it came to pass, when the vessels were full, oh, the vessels were full, everything she brought into the room was filled from the one jar. Like, whoa, okay. That she said to her son, now it came to pass, when the vessels were full, that she said to her son, bring me another vessel. And he said to her, there's not another vessel. So the oil ceased. Then she came and told the man of God, and he said, go. First it was be obedient, go, gather, gather. You're going to have to trust. It's kind of interesting to me so oftentimes that we hear it's like one thing, one step at a time. He laid the whole thing out for her, and she still went and did it. Are you with me here? Sometimes it's like, that's ridiculous. Now, why in the world would we go get that many? I know I only have one jar of oil. Why would we go get all of those and then come back and expect that to fill all of those? Well, she believed in the promise that the man of God was sharing with her. So she did exactly what she was told, filled every one of those up, and then it ceased. The oil ceased once there was no more to fill. Then she came, told a man of God, and he says, Go sell the oil and pay your debt. It's like, oh my goodness. See, this is one of those things. I, I worked on this, the rest of this message for quite a while, and I, and I thought I had it. And about 4 o'clock, two mornings ago, I heard, go study the, 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 the widow and the oil. It's like, What? It doesn't... uh, Okay, Uh, I guess so. Uh, So I did, and, and, and it began to come to life to me. It's like, oh, oh my goodness. Sell what you have to pay your debt. It's like, okay. And that debt was because her sons, the creditors were ready to come, take her sons and put them into slavery. Right? So her sons were destined to slavery, to bondage, to slavery, to serve out whatever time was necessary to end up paying that debt. But, 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 that poured out oil that filled those vessels had the value to end up paying the debt for her sons' freedom. And it's just like, oh my goodness, now I see. It's like the blood of Jesus, that sacrifice, was poured out to end up paying our debt. So the debt was paid, so there's no more bondage, there's no more slavery. We're set free from... (laughs) From that beautiful, precious oil that was poured out from the body of Jesus, the Holy One. It's like, for everyone. So go gather all the vessels that you possibly can. We will fill it, and they will be set free. Like, oh, be fruitful and multiply. Be fruitful and multiply. Take the good news of the gospel that you've heard and set as many people free as we can possibly share our testimony with. Then, then, you and your sons live on the rest. It's like, oh. Man, how is that for God provision? Not only do they live on the rest, but when we think of being filled with the Holy Spirit, I go back to last week and we're talking about when all things that can be shaken will be shaken. There is one thing that's constant that we know that we can hang on to, and that is that Holy Spirit that will lead us, that will guide us. And if we're obedient and intimate to, from, with, and for that Spirit there will be provision somebody say that's really good stuff I I sure thought so has everybody here been filled with the Holy Spirit anybody who hasn't been filled with the Holy Spirit anybody who needs to be filled with the Holy Spirit there's one hand went up back there. Where did that come from? I saw a hand over here. Somebody raised their hand that needs to be filled with the Holy Spirit over here. We all need to be... Have we not already been filled? Somebody needs to be... Okay, okay. It's like I'm ready to... Just, I'm just ready to say, okay, fill. Let's stand together. Even in the in the in the story that we finished that I believe casts quite a shadow into the into the New Testament, into the future and even the future of the of the widow and her two sons. It's like we have a Bible that's completely full of his promises, of his goodness, of his faithfulness, and how important it is that we know, understand, and study this word of his. And I just thank you for the promise of the Holy Spirit right now. If you just extend your hands. Father, I just I, I thank you. I thank you for each one that's gathered here. I thank you for the hunger that that was displayed this morning of the people that were up asking for more, more, for more of you. That we have an incredible desire, Lord Jesus, and sometimes as we stand, somebody shared with me the other day that, that uh, they had seen me about three times standing in a threshold with my arms raised worshiping right over here. And on the other side of a threshold, an open an open door was just seeing the heavens and the, the constellations and stars and and moon and all I needed to do was step across that threshold to enter into and move into a whole new place and a whole nother level and again we are we already took steps this morning for that and toward that. And this was something that was just shared with me, what, two weeks ago or so. It's like, oh, my goodness. God is so good in what he's showing, what he's teaching, and what he's revealing right now. And I believe that word was not just for me, but it was for everyone here that feels that they're standing in that Threshold. It feels a, a, an excitement and anticipation, and I know there's more. I know there's, there's a next level, and I know you're taking me there, Lord, but I don't know exactly how or what to do about that. And I just say, you know what? Worship is what opens the door. Worship opens the door. To the heavenlies. Worship opens the door to the heavenlies. And as we worship Him, (laughs) as we magnify His name, it becomes clearer and clearer and clearer. And I just feel like this morning He's saying, "Just, just step across and let me embrace you. Step across and let me embrace you. Step across and let me embrace you. And let me just show you that it is bigger, that it is greater, that it is more than you could ever hope, dream, think, or imagine. And I just bless you with that and pray that in your time when you go in and when you close the door behind you and when you seek his face this week, he's going to show it to you. He's going to reveal it to you. And he's going to just say, okay, come on, come on come on come on and then he's gonna just wrap his arms around you say even this morning even this day even right now beyond what we experienced this morning we just say let's just lift up our hands and say one more hug Lord (laughs) one more hug one more hug and send me on my way and I just bless each one with that one more hug this morning that you would bless us guide us direct us fill us with your spirit and your peace In Jesus' mighty name. And together, everybody said, Amen.